to remember from all of this around what happened uh, over the weekend. And of course, the main part of it is that there was the African peace mission. There was the uh, talks between uh, the African leaders, including President Cyril Ramaphosa, the Russian president, uh, Vladimir Putin, the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky. And then there was this plane carrying, we're told, 120 people with heavy weapons that wasn't able to get out of Poland. Well, one of the people who was on the plane was the senior political reporter here at the SABC, Simkele Maseko, uh, literally landed quite late last night back home. Now, Simkele, good morning. Welcome home. A very good morning to you, Stephen, and good morning to the listeners. Uh, to try and look at this entire trip and put it all together, there's so many people who are going to have very different views on this, but it doesn't seem to have ended the way the presidency would have wanted it to end. It may have not ended in the manner that the presidency would have ended it and would have wanted it to end when it comes to the issue of the deployment of those SANDF and special forces personnel that were meant to go to Kiev to protect President Ramaphosa. But the mission, in the words of President Ramaphosa himself, wrapping up this particular visit to Kiev and also to St. Petersburg seems to be very successful, which the president says will be measured by ultimately with the war ending and him having successful bilateral meetings with President Vladimir Putin, especially around BRICS and also around with the other African presidents on the road to peace mission with President Vladimir Zelensky as well and President Putin engaging thoroughly on those issues that have caused the war. The president saying they went there to listen and also proposed some solutions saying that the war is having an adverse effect also in Africa on the price of grain, on the price of food, the petrol is also increasing. So this war must definitely end in the words of those African presidents and representatives of the governments of Egypt and also Uganda. Um, there's so many different parts to this. Uh, uh, you were on the plane, as I understand it, that was carrying, was it 120 or was it 90 personnel to protect the president? It seems like a very high number either way. An honest answer, I never counted the individuals that were on the plane. We were never totally given a full account of the people that were on the plane. But on the list that I saw when we checked in at immigration at Waterkloof and checked out of immigration at Waterkloof, the number did not did not surpass the 100 mark. So I don't know where the number or the figure of 120 comes from. All I saw was that the figure did not pass the figure of 100 people. What I also do know is that when we landed in Poland, the Polish government was not honest as they portray themselves to be, as much as the South African government as well may have not had their checks and balances and ducks in a row when it comes to clearance permits. As you do know that we had to circle around the Mediterranean on our way to Poland for over an hour as there was an issue with the flyover clearance for Italy. The very same Italy when we were coming back, as you will see over the course of the next few hours, that there were some rather unusual movements in the Italian airspace around our aircraft when we were coming back. So we can't only just portray our government as not having had their checks and balances in a row, but also forget that there's geopolitics at play here and the historical, diplomatic and economic ties between Poland and the United States of America, the very same United States of America that has accused South Africa today of wanting to fund and to assist the Russian Federation with arms 
and with an aircraft that Samgele Masego was in that was procured by our government that had firearms that belonged to the SANDF and the special forces to protect Soro Ramaphosa. Just link Lady R and also link the aircraft that we were on and the trip to Russia. Geopolitics at play as well, as long with government inefficiencies when it comes to preparations. Have you heard any explanation? We've seen different reports, and some Kelly, I realize, you know, after after a weekend like this, it takes a little while to put all the strands together. But the Sunday Times had a report that there were heavy weapons on the plane, sniper rifles, things like that. Things, I think the phrase was, things you would use in a heavy conflict. Do you know what the weapons were or why there would be a need for weapons like that? Why would you need to protect? Why does President Sir Ramaphosa Stephen move around with snipers in vehicles in South Africa? Because the president moves around with snipers in vehicles in South Africa. The deputy president moves around with snipers in, ve- in his vehicles in South Africa when he goes to far-flung provinces. Those are the debates we must have and report on a factual basis that the president's are always protected with heavy machinery. You always see them when they go out on campaigns or they go out anywhere. There is always heavy, heavy weapons around the number one citizen and the second citizen. When you look at Kiev and the risk assessment that was done, there was a head team that was there in Kiev. There was also a team that traveled with President Ramaphosa to Geneva and to Switzerland, which also had heavy machinery and heavy weapons. When Nkwazi always moves around, the president always moves around with his heavy security, with their heavy machinery. Yes, there were snipers, a number of them on the plane. We did see them offloading these particular rifles yesterday evening. And when you are going to a conflict area, when you don't know what's going to happen, it is usual for them to move around with those heavy, heavy machinery. The question is, was it really necessary to move around with such heavy machinery and a huge personnel? South Africa has been involved in a number of peace initiatives that have succeeded, that some that have not succeeded. President, former President Mbeki has been to the DRC. Former President Zuma has also been on other peace missions in countries such as Lebanon and Libya. So it tells you that we've got a historical track record of going into conflict areas, dating back from former President Mbeki to former President Zuma, now to President Sir Ramaphosa. The only difference now is that this incumbent president was not on a peace mission in the African continent. He was on a peace mission in Eastern Europe, in the former USSR, former Soviet Union states, and in particular Russia, which has a strong diplomatic and historical political relations with South Africa, which is currently under the cloud for its invasion of Ukraine. For instance, if you go to the words of President Ramaphosa, in Russia it's forbidden to say it's a war. It's a special operation. President Sir Ramaphosa stuck to his guns, was very firm, was very stern in saying this war needs to end in the presence of Vladimir Putin, which then tells you that South Africa is in the geopolitical space, but also protecting its own sovereign views that it has. As much as President Putin, after the three African heads of state spoke, he then asked to speak to say, look, and explained the issue of the children that need to be returned back to Ukraine 
not to be ta- not to be detained and also spoke about the prisoners of war that is that are in Russia and others who are in Ukraine so that discussions can then begin between the two nations whether they will begin or not is another story but any african president who goes into a conflict area is always protected by special forces of their country just go to the kwazulu natal conference of the anc which took place at the ice rink and KwaZulu-Natal as a precursor to the ANC conference. The situation was very volatile. The president was told not to come by those senior leaders of the African National Congress, saying that he would not be safe in that conference. Do you know the amount of security that was around that conference and inside the venue to protect the president? So when risk assessments are done, those of us who report on these issues are very quick to say waste of money waste of resources without entirely interrogating and having an assessment report of those particular areas imagine if with the bombs that allegedly took place in kiev in the presence of the president and those security personnel of the president were not on foot and on the ground when these particular bombs took place and hypothetically speaking something happens to the president will we not say that the presidency failed to secure the president to do a risk assessment and to make sure that security personnel was put in place in order to try and protect the president. So, so there's a flip side to everything that we report on, as much as this may have been wasteful and fruitless expenditure, but let's also look at the other side. Sam Kelly Maseko, thank you very much indeed, senior political reporter here at the SABC.